some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of The Mac and Reed Show right here on the Ballroom Network. We're streaming live on YouTube on a lovely Thursday evening. Remember to follow the Ballroom Network at Barroom Network. Like, subscribe. Tell a friend or two, follow them on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, follow me at The Real of Mac, follow Ross at Ross Reed. Check out iTunes and Spotify for the audio-only versions of this and so many other great shows. Good evening, Ross. How are you? Good evening to you, to everybody out there. We are one week before Turkey Day. so One week before Turkey Day, that's yeah, right. Get your, get your jogging pants ready. Get them ready, baby. You I know, never I was, know why people wear jeans and, and slacks and other uh, non-elastic wear for, for Thanksgiving. It makes zero sense to me. You know, I was the dude for Halloween, and I got the perfect sweatpants for, for the, the occasion now. I'm just going to yeah. wear those, brother. That's right. Gonna, there you go. Nice and elastic, uh, as you alluded to, Ross. We have a lot to get to on the show today as we'll be talking about the Bears as they prep for the Lions, and they will be with Justin Fields, so long, Tyson Bajan. Uh, and then a couple other injury notes and what to expect in that game against the Lions as the uh, Bears travel to Ford Field. And then we'll talk about the NFL as well at length. We got a good one tonight uh, kicking off this week 11 with the Bengals at the Ravens on uh, Prime Video. Uh, and we'll talk about the rest of NFL headlines going around. NBA nice and chippy already. Got some good storylines uh, in the association, of course. And then, yeah, we'll throw some Turkey Day discussion in there towards the end. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there's surprises along the way, as usual. But let's begin, Ross, as we usually do with the Chicago Bears as they prep uh, this 3-7 and seven team, last in the division, getting ready to take on the Red Hot Lions. Uh, and... Again, the, the Lions are red hot. They're an offensive juggernaut. They they are really um, they really have hit their stride this season. Um, they're great. They're everything you would want the the Bears to be, of course, at this point. Um, and they face them two weeks after that game on Sunday, seven and two. They're three and one at home. Uh, Dan Campbell has a great squad right now. Uh, Jared Goff using all his weapons. They have a great two headed monster now with David Montgomery. You know, it'll be a bad blood game uh, with him facing his former team. And then Jameer Gibbs is is a great, uh, you know, young running back out there. They got problems all over for the Bears defensively, right? With the um, skilled wide receiver, Ramon Ross St. Brown, excuse me. Uh, tight end everywhere. They're loaded. Uh, that's, so that's a challenge. But I think headlines going into this game certainly go to Justin Fields uh, making a comeback with seven games to go here in the rest of this season and 
had a poor start, as we know, uh, a poor season so far, not only a poor start, um, just a rough one for Justin. And now, you know, with his thumb being fully healed and having a, a lot of time to recoup at this point, uh, you hope that he can, you know, not, we don't expect wins. Frankly, I don't want them um, just for draft purposes, but you want to see what you have in this young man, because it's still a case of where the bears go from here at quarterback and into the near future. Do you go and you're sitting on that Carolina pick at, at number one, you know, you want to give Justin Fields a great weapon and a Marvin Harrison, are you just straight up resetting? Are you trading that pick for more talent as far as offensive line around him? That's a that's a whole another question that I feel like a lot of Bears fans and um, and football heads are, are more interested in talking about than the Bears. But let's start with Justin Fields, Ross, and and coming back. Um, you know, are you ready to see him? What are your expectations for him missing this time uh, and coming back to to face a, a tough Lions team Sunday? I am ready to see him, you know, especially coming off of what we saw recently from Tyson Bajet. Um, you know, obviously Justin is the better quarterback for the Bears uh, right now and going for the rest, going forward for the rest of the season. You know, he comes in this game with a one and five record um, on the season and six and twenty five in his young uh, NFL career, but it's it's not so young at this point, right? And I know quarterback uh, wins and losses are, are, are not uh, an accurate stat. It's not completely on them. But, you know, I started to dig deep into the numbers before he got hurt. 61% completion percentage. That's his highest in his career so far. He had 11 touchdowns. He had six inter interceptions. So the interception percentage was still a little bit high, 3.7%. Um, and his quarterback rating was at the highest in his career at 91. And, and, you know, the rushing numbers were down. Unfortunately, the sack percentage was still a little high. It's at 12.9%. So what you want to see from him going forward is this is now a seven-game audition for him, either with the Chicago Bears or with potentially his next team that might trade for him. Um, so, you know, you want to see him be able to stay healthy and stay on the football field and start to string together quality performances because I do think there's still a very talented football player there whether it is in Chicago or it's not. And he's still a very young guy and he's got to kind of write the ship of a little bit of his career and, and get it back on track. And, um, you, you know, it, a lot has got to be said as, as to whether he will be the quarterback for the bears next year. Um, the team's record has a lot to do with that. The Carolina Panthers record has a lot to do with that. And also Justin Fields performance has a lot to do with that. I don't think we're in um, any petition, any uh, position, excuse me, right now at this moment, to speak on that, there's still so much to be played out with seven games left in the season. I just think we all hope that we can go out there on Sunday and start to see more expl explosive, exciting plays for him, and he clean up the mistakes that he had before, the turnovers, yeah. the sacks, missing the layups, and stuff like that. Yeah, he's no question, Ross. You touched on all that and, and the mistakes that he had made thus far, and you touched on all of his stats. And you know, right now he's projected to finish with you know 2,000 yards 19 touchdowns and something like that you know you'd hope he exceeds that and you know that in the past uh and the last time he was at Ford Field you know his offensive line was terrible and we know that um there's certainly it, it looks like you know Cody Whitehair the Bears will be without him uh going into that game and then Lucas Patrick will have to check in in lieu of you know some better options for the Bears offensive line. It's been in flux, and it's hard for an NFL quarterback to get any consistency um, 
you know, in any of these games, especially a comeback game like this, where he's coming off the shelf after missing whatever it was, three games, something like that. Uh, it's tough. And I, I don't know who this, this is a new fan. I love it. Oh, so use wine tasting. Look at that fields one and 10 against the <laughs> NFC North. He does need a big game. Um, and you figure him being healthy plays into that. Right. Um, and getting these reps, having that, that long layoff from that Thursday game where, Bears were able to beat Carolina in, in an ugly one. Uh, Ross just, get, again, giving people free money with his predictions, by the way. You got to keep it locked here on Mac and Reed for all that and follow him at Ross Reed. No question. Um, but this is a tough test. I, I mean, I, I certainly think with Justin Fields, if you are Luke Getze and you're Eberflus and you're trying to just play a spoiler to the Lions and, and knock them down a peg, you're going to want to have some uh, you know run option plays for Justin Fields and let him sort of light it up you know you look at how Justin Fields I saw this stat earlier has played um, or has thrown the ball at 20 plus yards downfield he's 13 for 26 332 yards six touchdowns uh, a great rating you know and then play mistake free if you're Justin obviously the coaching can't control that but you figure again, if this is an audition, whether to stay with the Chicago Bears or to go to another team in the, in the NFL, he's going to try his best to ball out in seven games just with his feet, um, with his arm, whatever he can do. He has those great weapons around. We know that Cole Komet has emerged as one of those best young tight ends out there. DJ Moore is, is due for one of those games. We've seen flashes of Darnell Mooney. Um, they got to get after it, and hopefully they – they, they can, despite, you know, injuries and everything moving around here. So, you know, do you have a prediction for a sort of stat line for Justin on Sunday, Ross? What are you feeling? You know, I, I think that we have seen the Bears offense kind of um, have the guardrails up the last couple of weeks. I'm getting ready because my, my son's seventh birthday party is on Sunday. We're bowling. And you know how they put the little guardrails uh, yeah. up for the kids? I think that's what we the saw bumpers. the last couple of weeks, the bumpers, with with the Tyson Bajan offense. They, they were not able to get as vertical down the field. Um, you know, because he just wasn't that kind of quarterback. I think the Bears are going to want to try to get back to that this week. Also, because for the first time since early in the season, they have their five best offensive linemen on the field on Sunday. Braxton Jones is going to be starting at left tackle. You've got Tim Jenkins at, um, at, at, at guard and Patrick at center. And Nate Davis comes back. And, uh, and Darnell Wright comes back. So that's going to be your best protection. You're going to need it because Hutchinson and a couple of those guys on, on the Lions, they get after the quarterback. But I think Justin, and he he said it in, in his comments this week, he's, he heard the noise over the quarterback controversy that is since not a controversy anymore. But he's 100% going to want to push the football downfield and get this offense going vertical again. And guess what? Against the Lions, you're going to have to do that because that's the kind of offense that they're going to try and match with you out there. This is an indoors game. It's in Detroit. We know guys like Amara St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. They like to play fast. They've got Laporta, who's an outstanding young tight end. He's great in open field with the football. The Bears are going to have – they want to even be in this football game they're going to have to keep it close by pushing the football down the field a little bit. And so I expect DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Scott to, to get more chances down the field. Cleo Herbert looks like he's coming back as they waved uh, Darlington Evans today. So you're going to get more explosive on the run game as well. So I, I think we'll see a few 20 plus yard plays uh, from Justin Fields in that offense. That would be nice. You know, I, 
you figure you throw out records sometimes when these divisional matchups uh, and Detroit is, is very good on paper, obviously much better than the bears for all these players that Ross has mentioned. And, and look at Panay Sewell, who is, uh, you know, Noel Sewell, who's a uh, cousin of Penne. Pasta. They're definitely related. I thought they were brothers. There, there's a lot of Sewells in the NFL. There's a lot of Sewells, though. They have, they have that NFL blood in them. Anyways, he's, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber um, offensive lineman who's incredible. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa failed to record a pressure uh, against them when they just played the Chargers uh, this past Sunday. So, you know, you, you look as well as Justin obviously needs to play for them to be even in that game. Uh, it's a tough task for that defense, especially the pass rushers there. You hope that Montez Sweat can, you know, show show us why he got the bag, right? You hope that there's some pressure. Um, and, and, you know, if you're, you're Aberflus and, and this defense, what do you have to lose? Again, when you're playing against the NFC North, you want to really and, – and this Lions offense that can just just move the football at ease, uh, at will, then you want to create some, you know – interesting blitz packages you want to just get creative with it um and i think at this point it's it's one of the toughest passing attacks to stop uh in the nfl so that secondary has a tough uh job in front of them i mean it, it might get out of hand if the defense can't keep it together but you know we can see that we we will see if justin fields can you know come from behind he'll he's uh again gonna play with, without any reckless abandon or with reckless abandon, I feel like because he's playing for his job and for his career at this point. Yeah, to me, if you're looking at Everflus in defense, um, it, it's going to have to be a, a an old school bend but don't break defense. I expect a lot of cover two in this game. I expect a lot of zone. I expect the Bears to uh, keep both safety, safeties over the top, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, and to not allow the, the Lions to beat them deep over the field. The last thing you want to do is see guys like Josh Reynolds and Amase Brown and, and – uh, you know, the, the, some of their big play explosive guys get past the secondary and get down the football field because you don't want to give up seven points in chunks. Um, you know, just just this season alone, you know, they've scored uh, they're seven and two. You know, they scored 21 points, 31 points, 20, 34, 42 against the Panthers, 20. They got blown out by the Ravens, only six points there. 25, 26 points against the Raiders, and they're coming off of a 41 point game. Uh, against the Chargers, and, and, and so they're right. They're right in that twenty-eight yard, that twenty-six point. It's the game kind of average. You want to keep them around twenty-four points if you can. If you keep them slightly below their average and hope that your offense can uh, can can match that, then you can make it a ball game. Also, it'd be nice if this defense got a takeaway every now and then, right? It'd be nice if this defense can put their offense on a short field. Maybe get pressure on Jerry Goff, like you mentioned. This is a game where you like to see guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Montez Sweat show up. This is a game where you'd like to see a guy like Eddie Jackson be able to be placed center field and pick a ball off and kind of flip the, the, the script a little bit. Because I think if this Bears want to win this game, they got to avoid the explosive plays on defense. They got to win the battle on offense in terms of the 20 plus yard chunk plays. But then they also have to win the takeaway battle, which goes all the way back to our conversation of. Justin Fields taking care of the football, and you hopefully try and get a, a few away from from uh, from golf. But hey, listen, this is a division game. And usually, I know the Bears have been really bad in division games. No matter, Everflus only has like one division game win in his career. Um, but typically, the mantra is you're supposed to throw out all the rules in division games. And, and from a betting standpoint, usually one of the the safest bets 
is, um, you know, a lot of times you pick the road, uh, the, the road underdog, uh, you know, to, to cover at least uh, yeah. in division games. So hopefully the Bears can keep this close. I think it's about eight and a half right now is the spread. Uh, yeah, seven and a half was what I seven just half, saw yeah. for ESPN. Very close, mm-hmm. Ross. Uh, tough. You know, you were throwing out just Detroit's numbers as well, and they are top five in passing. They're top five in rushing, top five in points for it, almost 27 a game. Uh, they're an impressive team, and they look like the, they're nothing will knock them off the path of going to the playoffs and representing the NFC North at this point. But to play spoiler and to get confidence again, like, like uh, was pointed out in the comments that you know, the Bears are more healthy than they have been probably all season. Getting Justin Fields back now to boot um, is huge. And I, I am curious to see if that defense can stop the Lions uh, and just this juggernaut offense that um, is really rolling right now. But the Bears offense, you know, again, on the note of health and, and the injury report, no Sewell questionable. We just talked about uh, the relation with Penne. Uh, and Khalil Herbert coming off IR is huge. Uh, Deontay Foreman, he was limited in practice. I think he'll give it a go at least, you know, to to spell Khalil Herbert, who will be you know fresh off the shelf as well here. Um, let's get predictions, Ross. What do you got? You got a, a low-scoring game or affair or what you think? I feel like a low-scoring affair might be in order, but we'll see. I don't know. I actually think that we'll get some points in this game. But also remember, you know, from, from the Lions standpoint, they might be, you know, Dan Campbell kind of hinted at this already. So it's on his radar. But they might be looking ahead. Remember, they play a short week. They've got the 11 o'clock uh, Thanksgiving game. So they really only have about a good four and a half, five days or so, you know, to get ready between two football games. So they might be peeking ahead a little bit. Cash the Bears, Bears off guard. Yeah, off guard a little bit. I'm not going to pick the Bears a win. I do think that they can keep this football game close. And I do like the, the points in this game. I will pick the Lions 27-24 uh, over the Bears. Ooh, look at that. I see. That's pretty high scoring there, uh, yeah. considering the Bears have been towards the bottom of the league as far as their points for. Uh, I, yeah, I can't pick the Bears to win on the road. Ford Field's a, a tough place. Um, for them to play. And I think the Lions crack 30, I'd say 31 and the Bears, you know, it's tough for them, 21. Um, but, you know, the offense, again, it, it, that first game back for Justin Fields, I just I just feel like there's no way in hell a win is coming. Um, and he's going to struggle. I think he's going to have a couple turnovers because he's going to take those chances. Whether they're good chances or not uh, remains to be seen. You know, he sometimes has fumbleitis and certainly looks like he, he makes some bad decisions. Um throwing into coverage or, you know, throwing to if miscommunication with a receiver, something like that could certainly happen. But uh, for the Bears to stay in this game, you know, they're going to try and pound it, but they'll have to probably get away from the run at some point. I think just Jared Goff and this offense is too much for the Bears. Yeah, I expect, you know, if if Lou Getzey smart, I'm not sure if he always is, um, but I expect a lot of misdirection from the Bears. Listen, that, that Lions pass rush, Led by Hutchinson, they're going to want to play fast and downfield. They're going to want to really attack the quarterback, especially a guy that has had a splint on his thumb for the last four weeks. You know, from you know four plus weeks now. So, I, I, if if I'm the Bears, I run a lot of misdirection. I run a lot of counter plays, and uh, I really like Justin Fields a lot as a read option here, and um, allow him to get the football out of his hands quickly, but still play play action and let him take some shots when needed. Uh, I was uh, at Soldier Field last year when they played the Lions, hosted the Lions at home, and Justin Fields broke off one of those 50, 60-yard runs. Let's let's see some of that, Justin. Let's see, for old time's sake, that 
at Justin that was running amok over all NFL defenses last season. Uh, shout out to special teamer Cairo Santos, by the way, who uh, notched his uh, 200th career field goal last Thursday. And he's he's a dog, man. I mean, the, the kickers have been pretty sketchy. You just think back to Cody Parkey. We were lucky enough to see, you know, a lot of Robbie Gold's career. And then, of course, you didn't pay him. And he, he continues to be a great kicker. Um, but they really lucked into Cairo Santos, who is who a lot of teams would be lucky to have at this point. And kicking at Soldier Field is tough. At a lot of places, he kicks on the road. Um, you could kick like a fifty-five yarder with ease. Love it. Yeah, and remember Spanger. we were remember we were talking about you know all the years of of uh, Soldier Field and turf and stuff like that. And he actually came out and complimented uh, <laughs> the, the the turf change this week and said the the Bermuda grass has been amazing and, and it's been a godsend to his career as a Bear. So. I, you figure the one thing that Matt Eberflus has done right in his career is uh, is, is bringing that Bermuda grass to Soldier Field. <laughs> the Brazilian loves it, Cairo Santos. That Bermuda grass. <laughs> All right, that's enough about the Bears. Let's switch focus to the rest of the NFL, and not too much changing amongst the the power rankings. I know we just talked about Detroit. I, I mean, you got to put them in the top five as far as teams to look out for as we get closer and closer to uh, the playoffs in the league, you know, the Eagles and chiefs are continuing to roll Eagles, eight and one chiefs uh, seven and two at this point. Uh, and then the Ravens, we get a good one tonight. I know we were singing, you know, the Bengals praises there. They're still hitting some rough patches or still trying to losing some close ones. It's, it's tough sledding, but they, they have a great game against the Ravens tonight. Ravens, Really playing great. Uh, 49ers as well. We know Jacksonville um, playing well at the right time here. You know, outside of the the Chiefs and and Eagles, uh, it's easy to say the Lions and the Ravens. I know we've talked about, but is there there's someone you know you you feel like the favorites are the Niners and of course the Eagles to go and represent the NFC. Um, the Chiefs, it's hard to pick against them to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Maybe one of these newcomers like the Ravens or the Jaguars like who are you feeling can challenge the last year's challenge last year's uh Super Bowl representatives the most Ross yeah my goodness it's tough I mean in the NFC you know clearly it's the 49ers right I think that was a get right game for them last week they went in there and they absolutely demolished the Jacksonville Jaguars who you know all yeah. of a sudden you know it's panic city for for Trevor Lawrence right he doesn't quite look like the guy that we thought was going to take a next step this year and be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. If you look at it, everybody's talking about Justin Fields and we're in our Justin Fields bubble here in Chicago, go take a look at Trevor Lawrence's stats and then watch him on Sundays. He just does not look comfortable in the pocket. He doesn't look comfortable at all. And he's kind of regressed a little bit this year from last year. And that's got to be a serious concern for them. But the 49ers are just absolutely dominant um, on offense, on defense, They've got the perfect point guard and Brock Purdy getting the football to all their playmakers. The rich get richer. They added uh, Chase Young to that situation, to that defensive line. He got a sack on Sunday with his old uh, college teammate. Uh, is it Nick or Joey Bosa? Which one of them is, is in San Francisco? I never – which one of them oh, were Skims and then which other one is in San Francisco? I believe that's Nick. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever is the one that doesn't wear Skims is the one that's in San Francisco, right? Skims. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Kim Kardashian. Yeah, that's Kim's. And then the AFC, I don't know. I, you know, if, if we were having this conversation last week, I thought it was going to be Baltimore and Cincinnati, and they both had terrible losses, like just absolutely terrible losses. Yeah. 
And so this week they're all they're both playing each other. Like literally less than an hour from now, they've got a huge pivotal game for both teams. It feels like I, I still lean Ravens. Like I think the Ravens are the better football team, but they think they had a fluky loss on Sunday. Um, coincidentally, things kind of went to shit for them once Marlon Humphrey got hurt on Sunday, their their cornerback, and, and that's when Watson picked up and started playing a lot better. The Bengals lose tonight. They're five and five, and they're in jeopardy of losing and missing the playoffs. You, you yeah. know, it, it, they're going to have a really hard time, uh, you know, kind of coming back from that. So the the to me, the AFC is completely off the grabs now. The Buffalo Bills look like trash on on Monday night on offense. They fire Ken Dorsey. We saw he becomes a a scapegoat for for no reason. Like it's his fault that Josh Allen is fumbling and throwing bad interceptions. I mean, I guess you could still put Miami in there, but Miami doesn't beat over five hundred teams. So you know it's going to be Kansas City. That's what makes this fun, this Monday night game uh, all the more fun. All the Taylor Swift nonsense and, and meeting the in laws aside is you get two of the best teams in football right now um, coming off buys. You get the Super Bowl rematch, and it's going to tell you a lot about the quality of where those teams are versus the quality of, of the rest of the league. I, again, I still like uh, Baltimore tonight, but listen, for some reason, somehow, some way, Pittsburgh is 6-3, and three, and then they get Cleveland on Sunday without Deshaun Watson now. You know, DCR is going to be their starting quarterback. So that could be another win for them. Big game for Miami against Vegas on, on Sunday as well. So I, I think, you know, once we start heading into, into Thanksgiving is when we start seeing more of the contenders rise up and the pretenders start to fall out a little bit. I like it, Ross. You know, you you talked about just the matchup tonight. The Bengals losing to the Texans in a real close one with C.J. Stroud on that game-winning drive uh, as the Bengals hosted the Texans. They lost that one late. And then the Ravens losing against the Browns, 33-31. to 31, And now, you know, it gets tougher for the Browns, who are actually kind of sneaky good. And now they take a hit at quarterback, though. And they could have had Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, cut from the practice squad, who is now – leading the Vikings back from oblivion too. So maybe, you know, and, and they're getting Justin Jefferson back healthy at the right time. Who knows what could happen there. Um, but, you know, looking ahead to this week, you know, I'm with you. I like, I like the Ravens because of that defense and, you know, as, as inconsistent as sometimes Lamar Jackson, that offense can be, I, they, they just really have a great defense led by, of course, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and the, and the linebacking core. And they, um, are just well coached, of course, as well. Uh, but Pittsburgh, that whole division is still, you know, they're tough uh, altogether. I know Pittsburgh coming off that win that they certainly needed. Um, but it all, I mean, you know, we talk about these other teams that can challenge the teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. And, and look, we get that Eagles Chiefs matchup, which is going to be a great one. Um, outside of that, Steelers Browns is going to be great. Uh, you figure that. Raiders Dolphins might have a, a, a little bit of potential to it. You know, the Raiders just had that fresh start and, you know, having a big, big win with their new coach as they go to travel against Miami. And this is, you know, going to test Miami's record against the 500 team here. Um, and then, you know, the Jaguars, that was crazy to see how Trevor Lawrence and the entire offense just continue to look like they were still on the bye week as they just laid an egg. Um, and really just what they put up three points against the 49ers. It was ugly as all hell. I'll tell you what um, Jets build. It's got some potential as well as both those teams are fighting for their playoff life. You know, the Jets still clinging to that hope that Aaron Rodgers might come back. As he said, December, he's fucking crazy. He's really taking the ayahuasca to a, a next level, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the Eagles chiefs Monday night game though, you know, 
Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are licking their chops. Uh, that'll be a fun one. You got an edge in that game? Who do you like in that game, Ross? It's in Kansas City. It's in Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs coming off a bye week. They didn't look really good on offense the, You know, going into the bye week. Um, I think they rebound, and I think that they take care of business at home on Monday night. Um, I think Pat Mahomes right now, who is the, the, the betting favorite to win the MVP, uh, but right behind him is a guy, Jalen Hurts. I think that those two guys are going to try and, and put on a show, but I think overall uh, Pat Mahomes will, will, will take that one. Uh, that is also the, the highest ticket uh, heading into the NFL weekend. Uh, tickets as low as $298 if yeah, you want to go see a Monday night football game in Arrowhead uh, against the Eagles. Can you guess who's the cheapest game of the week? Uh, let, me, let me check the records before I'm going to try to block out what I got here. It's got to be that. Uh, no, I was going to say that Panthers game, but they, they are hosting the Cowboys. Yep. Either that or the commanders. Come on. I got one of them, right? <laughs> no, it's actually, if, if you go to Houston this week, it is the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals oh, coming into town to see the phenom CJ Stroud. You can actually get into NRG stadium. Uh, for $35 this weekend. Not bad. Close behind it will be a, a Jacksonville versus Tennessee game for 48 bucks. The Rams, nobody cares about football in L.A. unless they're really good. Rams versus Seattle for $54. And if you are uh, feeling frisky and you didn't want to go out to Detroit for Bears football, you can still get a ticket for $151. Man, look at that. You know, that's again, these these tickets go up uh whenever it's it's sort of a, a divisional rivalry game, if you will. So gonna see those uh those go up quite a bit there, Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, we we check in on the MVP race every week here, I feel like, more or less. And you know, it's it's certainly led by the likes of uh, Mahomes in in the NFL and Jared Goff having a good season, but um, Sam Howell, man, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to him every week as he continues to lead the league and in, in passing, uh, with the commanders and this cast of like, nobody's at wide receiver. He's thrown to, um, making all these guys Dotson look like, a like Jerry Rice out there. And then CJ Stroud, he's right behind him and total yards. Uh, it's really impressive. I, I think that Tyreek Hill, obviously, you know, at his thousand yard mark, he's, He's certainly, you know, at a Pro Bowl level, and he's that outside chance for MVP. A.J. Brown is the next up to mm-hmm. to get a 1,000. C.D. Lamb has been playing out of his goddamn mm-hmm. mind these last three weeks. I think it's three straight weeks of over 150 yards, something like that. He right. went for, what, 190-something mm-hmm. like that very recently. Just really impressive. But, you know, if you got to give out MVP, who are you giving it to right now, Ross? Are you giving yeah. it to one of the young guys, Howell or Stroud? Or is it Lamar Jackson still for you? It's still to me, actually, it's still it. I think the winner of Monday night's game will be the leader of the MVP race. And that's Mahomes versus Hurts, just because, you know, the NFL is always going to side with the team with the best record. Right. And they also want to side with the guy that has the pedigree a little bit. I think they'll lean Pat Mahomes because it does play into the narrative that you're you're looking at a future Hall of Famer right now. And when you start looking at a future Hall of Famer, the, the media starts to like to, you know, they want to start to reward guys who uh, know that they're going to have that pedigree. So they want to help them stack those MVP trophies. It happens in every single sport. Shohei Otani already got his second MVP today. We've seen it before with LeBron and Jordan and stuff like that. That's where Pat Mahomes is right now. And I think that's what hurts Lamar Jackson in his bid. He had a, he didn't have a great second half last week, but Lamar 
would you call him a, a Hall of Famer right now? Maybe, maybe not. And so that kind of, you know, as crazy as it sounds, those things kind of hurt his uh, his chances because he doesn't have a great record like the Eagles or the or the Chiefs do. Um, and then he he did have a bad half last week, but he's not out of it. But I think right now it is a Hurts Mahomes race. I do think Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and C.J. Stroud are all in that second tier. But shout out to C.J. Stroud, man. He's playing absolutely outstanding football. He is the best rookie quarterback we've seen since RG3 had that crazy, crazy explosive run, yeah. right? That huge breakout year that he had. And then before that, you got to go back to the likes of, you know, even Dan Marino for, for the few games that he came in and stuff like that. So what C.J. Stroud is doing is absolutely outstanding. He's going to run away with rookie of the year. No questions asked. Offensive player of the year will go to one of those wide receivers because they can't give it to the MVP. So you're looking at a guy like Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, or A.J. Brown. I see. I wouldn't be mad with any of them. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, C.J. Stroud talking about the season he's having. I feel like Cam Newton also had a huge breakout year. Yeah. Because it just was able to When he wasn't able to pass the ball, he was running like a madman, just a touchdown machine. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out to C.J. Stroud. Just Really balling out at this point. Um, you know, you talked about the Bills, too, and it's tough. I, I feel like a big headline was Josh Allen's struggles with the Bills. And I know that Tavon Diggs was talking about, quote, let's not forget he didn't start going off till bro got there. Well, talking bro about got there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe there's something to that. Josh Allen just seems to have the interception bug. I don't know what's going on there. Do you, do you think the Bills make the playoffs at this point? It's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough for them. They, you know, they are going to have this. They're another team that has an uphill battle. I mean, at least for for them, you know, I, I do still think that they could beat. They got the Patriots again, even though they, they lost to the Patriots this year. They got the Jets again, even though they lost to the Jets this year as well. So those are two games that they're going to have to win. They're going to have to really start stacking some wins, uh, you know, sooner than later. You know, every year we see this 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 kind of flux in, in the NFL where you know five to six teams that were in the playoffs last year usually fall out this year and you know you start looking around teams like Cincinnati and Buffalo those two teams are, are on on the watch there I do think that they can take care of business this week at home against the Jets I think they get that new bump that a coach comes to the table right I, I don't think Ken Dorsey was at all the problem and in fact I think that it was kind of BS that he got fired for that but um you know, Sean McDermott did something to save his own ass, save his own job. And I do think that it will light a fire a little bit on the Josh Allen, that team. And I think, you know, I, I think if you are betting this weekend, that's one of the easiest bets of the weekend is, is take the Buffalo, you know, with the points over the, over the Jets. Because I can't see Zach Wilson keeping that football game close at all in, in Buffalo. But they need a big one. They need to get back on track because, again, I mean, we're, we're about a week away from December, which means it's go time for teams that do want to make the playoffs. Certainly need some luck uh, to knock off Miami if, if they could hit a losing streak. And Bills on the opposite end, you know, they're just hovering at 500 right now. They need to get it together. But the Bills, you know, have been competitive in the past and, and they got the tools there. Josh Allen just got to shake out of his funk, you would think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Any other NFL notes for you, Ross? No, I don't think so. Um, just, I mean, you talked about it, you know. Super fun to watch um, Josh Dobbs do what he's doing right now in Minnesota. Um, and yep. And, and also, I think that also speaks to, you know, we're seeing a lot of good coaches in the league right now. A lot of good young coaches. You got to give a guy like Kevin O'Connell his credit, right, Who, who's got that Minnesota thing. He's got the offense humming right now. 
Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people have talked enough about the job that they're doing in Dallas on offense. You know, everybody freaked out in, in Dallas when they when they got rid of um, um, what's the what's the kid now he's in. Um, now he's in the, for the Chargers. So help me out in the comments. The old uh, Kellen Moore. Uh, you know, they got really Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy took over. And all of a sudden, Dak Prescott looks like one of the five best quarterbacks in the league, and, and they're putting up points every single week. They got the Cardinals. They got I mean, the Cardinals. They got the Panthers this week. They're going to take care of work as well. Um, but there's some there's some fun young coaches, and then also there's some savvy vets. You know, look what Mike Tomlin has been able to do to to, to right that ship. They yes. get they get uh, out yards every week. Um, you know, you know they in terms of total yards and stuff. There's still six and three. That speaks to the Mike Tomlin effect. And how awesome he is as a coach. But circling back to that Minnesota team, um, all of a sudden that Sunday night game, that's sneaky fun. That's Minnesota in Denver. Denver's playing much better football right now as they took out the uh the Bills on Monday night. And their defense is playing a lot better. And I think people forgot people were rushed to judgment really quickly, but Sean Payton, he can still coach and he can still, you know, put some things together. And that Denver situation is starting to look uh, a lot better. So fun game for the, for that one. And I completely agree with, with Cliff. I would much rather have Ken Dorsey right now than, than Lou Getzey. Ken Dorsey is not going to be out of a job very long. I actually think this was a blessing for him in the skies because I think that Buffalo thing is a sinking ship as, as Josh Allen slowly morphs into his breast uh, rendition of Jay Cutler or Jeff George. And uh, I think Ken Dorsey will be much better served uh, on a team like the Bears potentially, or let's say a guy like uh, Ben Johnson gets a head coaching gig and the Lions need a new offensive coordinator, or let's say a guy like Bobby Slowick down in, in Houston gets a head coaching gig because of what he's doing with CJ Stroud and they need an offensive coordinator as well. Ken Dorsey is going to be just fine. Love it. Lovely. Looking ahead to these head coaching candidates for your Chicago Bears at this point too, because they're not good right now, Matt Aberflus. Yeah. Of course, he's watching. He calls my landline from time to time to complain. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a consistent watcher of the uh, episodes here on YouTube or listening to your show here, let's switch to the hardwood Ross in the NBA and the Bulls. We'll touch on them before getting to the rest of the association because they're bad. They're four and eight. Uh, a lot of the conversation is just how bad they are and what do you do to get out of that uh, losing, you know, sort of atmosphere that they have at this point um when they just haven't been competitive for a long time they were what in a play-in game last year which uh, you, you know they lost to the heat who were went on to on that run but you know starting off four and eight now it's you know we talked about the props last week we talked about DeRozan maybe being traded at the deadline and and i said no to that but now you're looking at your best asset to a lot of folks and and that would be Zach Levine and Zach Levine, you know, rumored because he's got that clutch connection to to go somewhere. Um, you know, Rich Paul is going to advocate for him as one of the, the best young guards out there. Um, and he's, you know, obviously frustrated. He keeps dodging the trash talk as as any player would. You wouldn't really um, give that the time of the day. He said, quote, right now is not the time to really talk about that. This was before the, the magic game where they lost. He said, quote, play the Orlando Magic Tonight, try to get a win, which they didn't. If something comes out later on, that will be the time I talk about it. Um, you know, there's certainly potential, uh, you know, with the Lakers to to have a trade there. You know, the connection with Rich Paul and um, and obviously LeBron's. They're 
tied at the hip a lot of times. Uh, but he has a lot of clout to just take him anywhere. I don't know if Levine will be sick of Chicago to that extent in this organization. Um, he already got the bag, but he certainly wants to be on a more competitive team at this point. Uh, and the Bulls don't really have a closer in Levine and a great focal point here. Like, what's your feeling on Levine at this point? You think he'll be traded, traded by the deadline? You got a good landing spot for him? Yeah, I think it's over. I, th- I think this whole situation is over. The Bulls uh, starting five led by their supposed big three. They have a, a, a net, uh, you know, a negative rating. Uh, so they, you know, their offensive rating, their, their defensive rating is worse than their offensive rating. They literally, when they're on the court, they are predisposed to giving up more points than they get. And when you get that out of your starting five and your big three, that means that it's time to break those, those guys up. Um, Zach Levine was sitting courtside at the United center on Tuesday night uh, with Rich Paul, who was obviously the, the head of clutch sports, who was also his agent and LeBron's agent and, an agent to a lot of other superstars around the league. And uh, Levine was sitting there with a blue clutch sweatshirt on. And and I think that was very telling that he's, he's done. He's, 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 he's about ready to, to get up out of Chicago. I think it would behoove the, the, the bulls to, to oblige him. I, I think they should, I think it's best for both sides as much as I, I do like Zach Levine, I think more than most people. And because it's a clutch, because he's a clutch player, you to me, you can only put big market teams in this conversation because he's not going to go to a small market city. That's just not what Clutch does for for all star players. So he's either going to go to the L.A. Lakers, or he's going to go to the Miami Heat, or he's going to go to the New York Knicks. It's going to be one of those three teams. And and um, if it's the Knicks or the Heat, theoretically the Bulls can make that trade right now if they wanted to because both those teams have the assets in place right now to make that move. If it's the Lakers. They do have to wait until uh, December 15th if they wanted to add D'Angelo Russell into the trade for salary purposes. If they wanted to add uh, Austin Reeves into the trade for salary purposes, they have to wait until January 15th for that. So, um, you know, we'll see. I do think that eventually L.A. is probably the move for Zach. You know, he's a West Coast kid. Um you know, he's, he's been rumored to be out there for a long time when he's uh, in, in his offseason. He lives in California, uh, you know, with his wife and, and, and child. So I, I'm sure that that's where he's pushing to go. And the Lakers, quite frankly, they need it because, you know, LeBron's out there. He got a triple-double last night. But Anthony Davis had like six points. You know, you're wasting LeBron James seasons in year 26 or whatever it is right now. He should not be 40 years old, still carrying the football team offense. I mean, football team, the, the basketball team offensively. So to me, you know, it makes sense for the Lakers too, because anytime you have that ticking clock with LeBron, it's de- desperation mode. And I think it helps the Bulls because LeBron James will not be in the league three or four years from now. So if you get a 2026 20, unprotected first round pick, that has a that has a high potential to be a top five pick, maybe you know. So you have to start looking forward to the future, and uh, unfortunately, it's time to blow it up. Yeah, I'm of the mindset. I I talked you know in the last couple of weeks about when we've talked about the Bulls about that big three and just how disappointed it is of, of Vooch and DeRozan and Levine and and Vooch and, and DeRozan obviously getting up there too. Their their days are numbered as as the Bulls, um, as you've seen what has transpired on the court with that big three, and then. Supporting cast without them, like you know, and and they have, you know, good quality players. I don't know what it is like why they just can't put it together. Like Alex Caruso is is a great two way player, right? And Levine 
you know, may not have that clutch gene. He's averaged a little over 21 points. So you wonder what a return for this guy would be, especially when you're taking on that huge contract. But LA prints money, as you said, Ross, if that was perhaps the destination. Um, but you need to look, if you're the Bulls, at what, you know, I, I harp on it a lot, is what the Thunder have done in stockpiling uh, picks and, and what the Celtics do, too, uh, as far as just, you know, you're playing a numbers game. you got to hit on some of these at some point. Uh, but we we also harp on management just being uh, just atrocious and to the point where, you know, the White Sox can't keep Jason Benetti because Jared, Jerry Reinsdorf is such a joke. Um, but I digress. And the Bulls, it's as, as much as we talk about the Bears being so deserving of a great quality football team, getting these blue chip prospects, show me the Chicago Bulls. You can't get these great coveted free agents if you're the bulls right now for whatever reason even with ak in there and the rest of this front office maybe because of that ownership to an extent uh it's pretty crazy when you talk about big markets and players wanting to go there you would think so it's because this this theme over the last several years of, of billy donovan and this sporting cast it's it's just too inconsistent too consistent losing that is you know when you're consistently a nine seed or an eight, maybe an eight seed in in the east uh it's tough for a while you went through lebron and maybe that was the excuse but now i don't know what it is and what's it gonna take you, you gotta get creative and it, it's pretty clear it's like a year too late honestly where this experiment of this big three has not worked so you gotta go and it's gonna be you know a year or two of rebuilding if especially if you go try to get in the lottery and just start to try to tank um, it sucks as a fan and, and just seeing, you know, the potential that the, the Bulls could have as an organization to see it just come to this point. Uh, and especially with the Levine talks, but, but he's got to go. I'm, I'm with you. I got to see him gone by the deadline and get as much as he can for him. Yeah, it, it sucks. I mean, listen, we, we have in Chicago right now, you know, some of the worst owners in all of sports and it's because they do everything uh half ass you know and that's where you're at with the bulls right now that's where you're at with the white Sox. you know even the cubs although the cubs are, are rumored to get otani they yeah go get them like you you have the money you yeah. have the resources you have wrigley field that place prints money that neighborhood prints money you know start acting like you are the second or third biggest city uh in the united states this is a big market you know we see it with the bears all the time right the bears run their organization like a mom and pop organization that's why we we hope that you know that that uh, you know Kevin uh, Kevin Warren, Kevin Warren can come in and you know treat this more like a business and like a CEO you know of a, of a major corporation and get this back on track right and so um, from you know the bull standpoint you know Jerry Reinsdorf as long as people are going to show up to the United Center because the statue is there and the banners are in the rafters and and you know we all grew up to be Jordan fans he's he's going to keep. Uh, going with the status quo i will say i checked the stat this the the attendance today bulls are at 92 percent capacity for united center which is down over the years they're 23rd right now in percentage uh full in in the nba and, and that means that there's some apathy starting to set in right now people don't want to spend two three hundred dollars to go to a bulls game and watch a bad basketball team i do think that that will continue to trend down and then that's going to force the Bulls to really to uh, to make a, a move and have to do something different. Changes got to come for the Chicago Bulls, hopefully to to reclaim some of the the glory days and and get this franchise pointed in the 
right direction. We shall see. Was five games enough for Draymond doing the little chokehold on Gobert, Ross? I wouldn't have suspended him at all. I listen. I I think everybody around the league hates Rudy Gobert. This is kind of what Draymond <laughs> held on to him I, for like thirty seconds. I, I, I grew up. I grew up watching basketball in the eighties, where guys got like clotheslined and like knocked into the fourth row and attacking the would body slam somebody. It's yeah, he's fine. It is he's fine. This is what you bring Draymond in for: is is to be the the hockey enforcer for guys like Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry. Anytime he sees one of those two Splash Brothers in an altercation, Draymond Green is just going to go Hulk and just flip everybody out the screen. And, and I like it. That's what he's there to do. That's he's gonna. That's why they got so many championships. That's why they've been together for all these years. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's good for basketball. I, I like villains in sports. I think we've talked about this before. Draymond Green is clearly a, a villain. He embraces it, but guess what? Rudy Gobert is also a villain. He like started COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody likes Rudy Nobody's Gobert, like and so yeah. those two have a history with each other. And uh, you know, I, I, five games is fine. I'm sure Draymond, at his age, needs the, the the five games off to rest his knees anyway. 82 games is too long for a season anyway. So he's he's probably like, listen, I'll go out and uh, take my family to to Hawaii for a week for five games and, and be all good. Speaking of the old guys needing rest, Lakers LeBron James says he doesn't feel 38. Quote, nothing I cannot do except play those 82 games, unfortunately. Um, Not a shot at LeBron, but uh, a little bit. You know, it's tough when you start to, even LeBron has been playing for, you know, 20 seasons at this point. It it wears on them. I don't know how you feel about all this load management, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, you you pay, especially, you know, this NBA, NBA is trying to, experiment with these repercussions and trying to get the superstars to, I love they had their tiers of superstar players who, who can't miss the, this amount of games to this season. Adam Silver is getting real creative with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, LeBron, it's, it's, it's still impressive for anybody who's 38. I know we, we talk about Jordan, you know, dropped 50 at 40 years old, but dude, it's, it's a, a grind on these guys. Have you ever seen LeBron's feet? You know, he's suffering. <laughs> it's impressive, but you know, also he, you know, guys are much smarter with their body these days. They've got yeah, yeah. dietitians and, and personal it's, chefs and hyperbaric chambers and trainers and massage therapists. And, and they've got, you know, they spend, he probably spends like a few million dollars alone a year uh, on his body. We're just much smarter mm-hmm. about how we take care of ourselves uh, in sports, but it's still awesome. But the NBA season is way too long. It, it needs to be 72 games. Yeah, I've, just, I, I've said that for a long time. and it, it, It's way too long. You know, you would have a much better product in, in the playoffs. Guys wouldn't be hurt as much. People don't even care about the NBA until right around Christmas Day anyway. And so we're, we're really like a month away, a month and a half away from people kind of even paying attention to it. Uh, and then the playoffs don't even get started until April into May. So, you know, it, it's it's just a long grind. And, and and uh, that season definitely needs to be shortened down. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I've, I've advocated for knocking off 10 games, something like that, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Let's go to some quick hits, Ross. Uh, we, we were talking about the NFL, and I, I was baffled to see Carissa Thompson saying she admits to completely making up NFL sideline reports, and pretty much every sideline reporter that you could think of came to just tear her uh, a new you-know-what. 
rightfully mm-hmm. so. Um, and mm-hmm. one one person pointed out uh, that's that's quite a way to fumble the bag and risk being fired just to you know have a spicier take on a podcast. Uh, what a shit look there. What what are you doing? Where she just got this big payday with Amazon? Um, that's crazy and just a, so disrespectful to the craft. Oh my god. That's that's the thing is I, I have a degree in journalism on the first day of, of journalism one on one. The first thing they teach you is rule number one. Don't lie. And and I know a lot of people do it in the industry, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean that she has to do it. I also think that if if that's not something that you don't want to put in the work because she does do a lot of other things. She talked about she hosts the Amazon yeah. show. She she has a lot of op- other opportunities. I've, we've preached this a long time in journalism. Let the younger people step up and take those positions. There are tons of quality, talented young journalists out there that are willing to put in the legwork and talk to the third string running back on a Tuesday and, and get a cool story uh, that she can use during the game and stuff like that. So I think this is an opportunity. And this is the biggest blind spot in all this is we have a lot of young journalists that are not able to get into the industry because uh, a lot of the other people don't want to relinquish one of these 17 jobs that they have. These are the opportunities to allow these young people come in and let them, let them do those jobs. Because clearly she doesn't want to do it. And she doesn't want to do the work. And she doesn't have to. She's She's got good money. She's, she's you know, doing well, doing other things. Facts. Doing well, but that's bad luck, Carissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major League Baseball owners voted Thursday today to allow the A's to move to Las Vegas. Las Vegas becoming the hub. And we, you know, towards the end of the MLB season, we kind of saw the writing on the wall and, and all of Oakland sports just uh, departing. Remember the days of the Raiders and, and A's uh, sharing that, mm-hmm. that trash field together. God, the, the mm-hmm. slipping on the, the infield was insane to me. Um, that'll be good for the A's. That'll be even more of an appeal to, obviously, Las Vegas. Are you for it, Ross? I'm definitely for it. Vegas is turning into a much needed sports hub, obviously, you know, for, for obvious reasons, you know, gambling is going to uh, highly dictate the sport, but from an infrastructure standpoint, they can certainly handle it. Who doesn't want to watch their favorite baseball team play in Vegas and then do stuff on the strip, watch shows, restaurants, stuff like that. Um, They got F1 this weekend. You know, you know, you know, I was there about a month ago where they were building out F1. It was really cool. They're going to get an NBA team within the next three to five years. That is a given. So, yeah, you know, this has been a long time coming. I think sports uh, sports uh, leagues have shied away from Vegas because they thought that gambling was a uh, was a kind of a, you know, a a tough spot on them. But now they're starting to embrace it. And uh, it's good to see. It's good to see the people of Vegas starting to get all these teams. It sucks for Oakland, though, because, you know, Oakland is a great sports city. It's It's a cool blue collar city. And what you're essentially telling people is unless we unless you don't give us tax money and subsidize these stadiums, we're going to take our teams and, and put them elsewhere. I worry about the White Sox. You know, they're going to take the White Sox away from me and move them somewhere else because, you know, we don't want to pay for a seven hundred and fifty million dollar stadium. So that's the lucky part. God, if they went to Nashville, never hear the no. end of it, man. Speaking of Vegas, the uh, hospitality workers competed in the housekeeping Olympics this past week, Ross. <laughs> if you were to compete in the housekeeping Olympics, what would be your uh, what would be your event? Can you fold Ooh, the fitted I cannot do that. I cannot do that. I can probably make the bed in record time. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Could, yep, yeah. Throw that mint on the pillow. 
Yes. Yes. You're very good at like running the room service yes. and, and time. Yes. And I could there. probably I could probably stock the bar in, in a decent amount of time too. Just keep me away from all the toilet stuff. I don't want to do any toilet events. I, I hope there's not a part of that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I did not look at what the actual events are. You can only imagine, my friend. Uh were you pro? It's thankfully Matt Groening uh said that he he assured fans Homer won't stop choking Bart. Simpson says has had to become so woke, you know. I've been watching it for you know thirty goddamn years at this point. It's been around as long as I've been alive. Um, you know, they they wouldn't let, they wouldn't bring a poo or, or they canceled yeah, a poo, poo basically. Shit a poo. Like that. Yep. Crazy to me. But now they said that the that Homer would stop choking Bart, and I love that Matt Groening stuck to his guns and said, "Nope, that's not happening." Yes. Uh, yeah, it's part of the show. It's a fucking cartoon. Come on, there's so much cartoon violence out there. Get it together, people. Also, every episode of The Simpsons streams on Disney Plus on Disney. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> literally, me and my six-year-old son yesterday were watching like season four of a sideshow Bob when he ran for mayor and stuffed the ballots. Like it's the, those are the best episodes, or the 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 politically incorrect ones, and those are the ones that the kids laugh about the most. Guess what? We turned out just fine. So we keep did. choking, keep choking away. Keep speaking choking of, away. Speaking of shows and stuff, did you did you watch The Killer yet on Netflix? No, I saw that you were a big fan of it. It's on my list. Probably this weekend I'll get on it. Favorite movie of the year so far. Absolutely loved it. Shout out David Fincher, who obviously is my favorite director. Um, also, watch watch The Curse on Paramount+. Plus. If you're a Nathan Fielder fan, oh. if, you're a fan if you're a fan of his very weird comedy, or if you call it that, I don't know if you watched the rehearsal on, uh, on HBO last year, but he's got a new show out with Emma Stone right now and uh, Benny Safdie. From the, the the Safety brothers, and uh, it's interesting. There's there's some penis involved. There's some HD TV parody involved. It's 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 uh it's interesting. <laughs> Watch it's the curse. Said Ross. Yep. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> finally, Snoop Dogg says he's quote giving up smoke. Yep. What do you think that means, Ross? That he means a, a all edibles that, all the time. Means, I was gonna say that means be prepared for that new line yeah, of Snoop Dogg yeah. edibles within a week. You know, Tyson's got the ones that have like the Colt bitten off ear. that he has on retainer. What's what's that person gonna do? They're out of the yeah. job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he's listen. He, I, I applaud it. We we are smarter about the way we inhale or, or, or indulge in our marijuana these days. So we want Snoop Dogg to stay around a lot longer. And keep those lungs as healthy as possible. So if that means he has to transition to the to the live resin edible, God bless him. <laughs> I mean, there's some crazy fucking edibles out there that yes, with the pack of punch. But my God, you know, if you're a fan of, I'm reading Joey Diaz's book right now, the, the great comedian, uh, East Coast comedian, um, and uh, he's notorious for just dosing people of like 500 milligrams. And I would. <laughs> I wouldn't come back from that. I would lose, lose my mind. No, thank you. We'll end on that note, Ross. Uh, and of course, you know, speaking of edibles, maybe pop one before Thanksgiving. If you're, you want to cut the tension, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, looking forward to that. Interesting. Ross is like, I'm in. <laughs> Avoid the political deal, conversation. Deal with my family, I will do that. That way, yeah. It'll be a nice small gathering for us. Uh, so right. we'll see. Might not have to. Might be a post type of thing for Evan. We'll see. Uh, but thanks to everybody for watching, listening in. Of course, the audio-only versions are on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Thanks to the commenters, of course. Follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network. Follow me at, at 311Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed on social media. Everybody be good to each other out there. We'll be off next week, back the following week. For now, we say deuces. So long, everybody. 
príncipe. Thank you.